Hello, hello. Okay, this is round two because the first time we did this, <laughs> uh, things went a little lot, not as planned. A little, yeah, a little bit. Oh my goodness. So I told you it was for a reason though. Look at where we are. This is so much better. I know. We were trying to do Our this janky like- janky ass setup. <laughs> yeah, we were like, okay, no. Manifest because now we're in a podcast studio. Mm -hmm. It's much better. You know, uh, I'm all about the manifesting. The manifesting. We have so much to talk about, uh, but let me formally introduce you. This is Maddie Webb, one of my besties. Cute best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. That's my fucking best friend. <laughs> okay, so for those of you guys who don't know her, Maddie is my best friend. And a little bit about her, she dropped out of college at the end of 2019. She's been self-sufficient ever since. She's gained more than 2 million followers on TikTok, and she's created what a lot of people would say is a dream life. Like you are living the dream. But in this episode, you know, we want to talk about, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. Like, yes, you live in LA, you live in this beautiful content creator mansion, but it's a lot of hard work to get to the point where you are. And it's not just free clothes and brand deals. You know, it's taken a ton of hard work to be here and to stay here. So there's so much to unpack. I don't even really know where to begin, but Maybe in your own words, like explain who you are and what you do and, and what your content is. Sure. So um, like background, I grew up in a like very small, tiny town called Smithville, Missouri, like middle of nowhere. I didn't have Wi-Fi till I was 16, which is ironic because now my job is the internet. But um, like literally like one of those places where people really don't leave a lot. Um so for me to end up here is kind of bizarre. And my manager always reminds me, he, whenever I'm down on myself, he's always like, remember, you weren't supposed to be anyone. You're a little kid from like Smithville, Missouri, you know, like you're not supposed to be here. Look what, look where you are. But so I grew up there. And then when I was, when I was 18, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. I went to Belmont University. Um, Belmont's a great school. I just, don't, school is not for me. It's I, not for everyone. It, it's not. It, it really isn't. I have a lot to say about the education system, but I won't. System. I won't, system. <laughs> but I won't get into it. But, but no, I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. Like they think that they have to go to college. This is what all my peers are doing. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what my parents want me to do. And you realize you get there and maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're super well, creative. And the, the problem with our education system is that it raises young adults to become employees instead of the they might not want to work a nine to five job but like the reason we have so many rules and structure in school is because they're raising us to you know work these jobs nine to five jobs yes because yeah. because the the government needs us they need the, their little soldiers. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, it just was never, that was just never going to be me. So how did you decide that? How did you, like, what character traits within yourself did you recognize and act on that, like, I, this isn't for you? I never wanted to go to college. I wanted to get out of Missouri. That's why I went. I busted my ass to get scholarships. I sang opera to get scholarships. I did internships during high school. I never even sat in the lunchroom. I would go off into one of like the small piano rooms at my school in the choir room and like write music or like just do literally anything else. Like I did not have a social life in high school. I was not popular. Like I was like such a like black sheep type of person. But I just always knew, I, 
I, I don't know why. Like, I think about it now. I'm like, why did I know that I was meant for more than that? Like, that there was zero reason for me to think that, and I did, you know? And I spent my entire life manifesting a different life than what I had been given, and I didn't even know what manifesting was. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much I just truly believed, and, like, manifesting is completely a mindset. So, so I moved out of um, Missouri. I moved to Nashville, went to school for a few years, but during school, like, my goal was not to get good grades. I got terrible grades in college because I did not give a crap. I got just enough good grades to keep my scholarships. And outside of school, I was doing, I had multiple internships. I was working crappy jobs just to survive. Like I, I have been financially independent for like my, like a, a very long time. And so I was waitressing, nannying, catering, freaking hustling your ass off. Yeah, I was busting my ass. And then finally I got an internship that actually paid me. Mm-hmm. I ended up dropping out of college in 2019, and then um, I was working for Warner Music doing influencer marketing, and then another um, influencer agency doing basically like uh, the business side of what I do now. Now I do the creative side, but I was working on the business side, which like really benefited me now in my future, like to know both sides of it. But I mean, I guess that's like the kind of like timeline of how this all came about. But we can't we can't breeze past like dropping out of school. Like how <laughs> how did your parents react? Okay, like- yeah. So I you know this, but I come from my grandparents immigrated here from India. So you know, Asian culture, like Indian culture, education is everything. Yeah. And to me, it was not. It wasn't everything. I knew that it wasn't anything. For me, it mm-hmm. wasn't going to help me. And I <laughs> I feel like a lot of kids who drop out use this technique. I finally had enough. Like, I wanted to drop out from day one in college. Like after first semester, I was like, yeah, I'm, I've had enough. This Not is for me. dumb. Um, but it took me two and a half years. And I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take a semester off. And that was a huge deal to them. Like huge deal. They were like, are you stupid? Mm-hmm. I was like, Maybe, but I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but it's, you're not, it's not for you. And yeah. so you had that desire yeah. to do something more. And so. I knew I wasn't going back, but that was my way of like, kind of like, you know, easing them this, into yeah, it. And into I, it. I told them I was going to finish for like a year after that. And now I have a legit career and they can't say anything to me now. They're like, you know, proof is in the pudding, but. Right. But I think in those beginning stages, I mean, I remember when I was kind of in like a weird period of transition when I was leaving my very professional broadcast job and then for family reasons had to stop and pause and then segue into podcasting and, you know, Instagram and building a brand and people kind of like look down on you. They're like, oh, that's cute. They shit on you. And and it's part of also being a woman because women like – not to get super political, but like we still live in a society where we – we're, you know, we're not supposed to do this kind of stuff. Like it's getting better, but for like a woman to be like, yeah, I'm dropping, I'm not, I'm not finishing my education. I'm going to go educate myself. I'm going to build a business. It's people, like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, people, whoa. like you're just a little girl. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like they look down on you and I, I was looked down on for a long time. My, my own family, like I, I love my parents to death and they would do anything for me. But even my mom told me, like, I'll never forget this. She said, look at what you've accomplished with none of our support. 
because they didn't wow. support. They didn't believe in me. I mean, there was months where my mom and I didn't talk because mm-hmm. she didn't agree with my lifestyle choices. And I had to make that decision for myself. And I always see these like videos of like Gary Vee giving kids yeah. advice. And he's always like, who are you going to live for? Your mom and dad or yourself? There comes a point in your adult life where you have to make that decision. You spend your whole life listening to your mom and dad because they're there to guide you. But there does come a point where it's your life. Mm-hmm. You you want to spend the next 50 years of your life at sitting in a desk because your mom and dad said that's the most stable thing for you to do and that's the smartest decision? Okay, then you listen to your parents and like you go do that. For me, I wasn't going to do that. I did. For two years, I stayed in college and I literally felt, I felt like God calling me and like pulling me out of there. I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I, I knew what it was going to do like for my, to my family and how they were going to feel about it. But at that point in time, I was like, I have to choose myself right Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And that's so hard, especially coming from like culturally speaking, like from my background, it was really, really hard. I cried for so many months because of it but it paid off and my relationship is great with them now you know mm-hmm. yeah they really they, did come, I was lucky that they came around but and you know I think that's such a common theme for anybody listening or watching where they want to make a, a choice but they're kind of afraid what their parents will think yeah. or society will think and just taking that jump and being willing to push yourself but then also if you do something like that, backing it up with the work ethic, because it's not just so much like, oh, I'm just going to like drop out of school, but it's also like, I'm going to drop out of school and these are my goals. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to these people. I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to do these internships. I'm going to hustle my ass off. I'm going to work these jobs. And it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It is so hard. I I would not tell any single person, like if they don't want to bust their ass and like survive off of Little Caesar's pizza for a week because you can't (laughs) afford food or like be three days from rent and don't know how to pay it and just go on trying to go get like I would try to go get last minute nannies jobs just to pay for my thousand dollar apartment like I couldn't afford it mm-hmm. and, and it was so so hard but I wouldn't change it and like if you're not if obviously if like you're not willing to do that like don't do it yeah but like and I also not to bring up Gary Vee again but I just love his mindset about education and everything he's he says you know there was like an interview where someone asked him like a kid asked him like what do I do my parents don't want me to do this and they pay for me well go out get a fucking job yeah get a job on the side work all night if you have to so you can pursue your dream during the daytime go get a crappy apartment share it with five people if you have to but if you really want it you're gonna figure out a way to get it yeah you will you get scrappy and you yeah you find a way. I've been there too. I've been there like card getting declined at the grocery store Mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, I have a dream of doing this job and not making a lot of money. Misconception, working in broadcast, you are making like minimum wage, if Mm -hmm. that, and you have a degree to back it up. But I always had that passion like you did. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I should be doing and I'm going to figure it out. And yeah, yeah, taking nannying jobs and hustling and working really hard and look how it's paying off, you know? But I think painting that picture of where you got now and also your work ethic. I have never seen someone with a stronger work ethic. Like (laughs) this girl is like hustling every single day. She's journaling. She's like mapping out her goals. She's doing all the steps, planning things out. And like also you're networking with so many people. The way we met was a cold random DM that you sent me and you're like, Hey, let's collab. And I'm like, 
is this a catfish? Am I going to get kidnapped? <laughs> like you live in a content creator house. What is this? Like, what is happening? Like, so I drive all the way to Encino and I'm like, I live in, you know, Hollywood area, West Hollywood, for those people who don't know more specifically like Century City. I'm like, okay, this is kind of far. I'm going to go to this house. I show up. It's like this mansion. I'm like, I am for sure getting kidnapped. And then like I open the door. There's like, like $10,000 chandelier hanging. And then here's Maddie. And we're like instantly best friends, like so easy to talk to. And, but that's how you built your brand was, you know, reaching out to people, not being afraid. The only way I've met people in California, I came here knowing one person barely and it was my manager and I lived with him right off the bat it was crazy I can't believe I did that thinking back I'm like what the fuck <laughs> so wait but the only way I've met people is literally from reaching out over social media and 99% of people do not respond to me but the 1% are my closest friends here and I think it also connects people who are willing to put themselves out there. And I yeah. think maybe some people will like see your DM like, hey, let's collaborate. Mm -hmm. Like I live in this house. Let's make content like we're, our audiences are the same. So let's, you know, cross collaborate. And a lot of people are still even like afraid, even if they are influencers or, you know, content creators. Oh, that's weird. Or I don't mm -hmm. want to do that. And so it's like such a hustle that you do that. And to also get to the point of where you are on TikTok, which, you know, just blew up the platform. Like I remember hearing about TikTok and being like, this isn't going to last, but like <laughs> people are making careers from it, but it takes a lot of hard work to get there. So yeah. how did you start putting your content on there and get to the growth that you've had now? So it's crazy because I was working for a company called Songfluencer in Nashville and they, I was like an influencer director. I don't even remember my title now, but I was basically paying creators to post on TikTok. So I was watching all these freaking dweebs like post on TikTok, like they, and they all sucked. Like not to be an asshole, but like they're, the influencer space, like it's hard to find like hardworking content creators. Like I had to be up so many of these people's asses, like just trying to get them to post a song. So I learned like what, to do and what not to do from like the business perspective. But through that time, I, you know, we started off on Instagram. And so I was paying all these Instagram influencers. And then one day I come to the office and they're like, guys, like we gotta get on TikTok. Like we gotta start scouting these TikTok influencers. Like it's blowing up all this stuff. Like they're getting hundreds of thousands of views, this and that. And I was like, what? Watching these videos, I'm like, what? I can do that. You yeah. know, like what the heck? So my job, my role in that company eventually became a, actually a content creator and I would come up with all the ideas for all of our campaigns. So we were paying influencers to post songs, like TikTok, specific TikTok songs to try to get them to blow up. And I was the one coming up with the concepts behind it. So it's actually crazy because a lot of like some of the like trends back in the day, like I actually came up with, which was cool because I would amazing. create concept videos. We would send them out to the influencers. They would recreate them in their own style and we would pay them to do do so but through that like I was also posting on my own page and I like, slowly started creeping up from like zero to 10k and then I hit the 30k mark then the 50k mark then I finally got up to 100k and I was like holy crap like if I just had like a little bit more time like I could do this I know that I can do this but I had no time like I was doing school I had two jobs I was working for Warner Music and Songfluencer at the time full-time Songfluencer part-time Warner 21 credits of school 
and trying to do social media. Like I was dying. I was making TikToks at 4 a.m. in my basement apartment. Like I'm literally Cinderella. I lived in a basement. <laughs> I lived in a basement for for two years in uh, this basement apartment. And then now I live in a mansion. Like I went straight from a basement to a mansion. Like I always tell people, I'm like, I'm Cinderella. Hi. No, but, literally that's the trajectory. Yeah, like I was literally in my freaking basement apartment with this like shitty ring light that I got on Craigslist because I was so poor. I can't afford it. <laughs> I can't afford a real ring light. I was literally so poor and I and I would make these terrible fashion TikToks. Looking back at them now, I'm like, oh God. Oh you God. gotta start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. No, you have to start somewhere. There was probably 200 videos that I made and posted before anything did well. My very first successful TikTok was about me being Indian and Lele Pons commented on it that I was beautiful. And like I, that literally like, catapulted me in my brain. I was like, it's fucking go time. Lele Pons thinks I'm beautiful. Like I can do anything. I can do anything now. I can do anything. But look at the power of like another woman oh, and hyping I just up met a woman. Her. I just met her too in Miami. So what a full circle moment. I was at swim week and I met her at the Boohoo show, which is crazy. Can we also, yeah, take a moment that she was just um, in Miami. There was like a, I don't know, social wide casting call to walk in the Boohoo Miami swim week show at the Versace mansion. And this chick just like posts on Instagram and fucking makes some great content. And now you're getting asked to walk in fashion shows. Like, could your younger self have ever even imagined that? Uh, I, I, sometimes I'm like, Maddie, take a step back. You are like, I am such a, um, sometimes like being so, um, what's the word like go-getter like goal-oriented person yeah, yeah. Ambitious. Such, such an ambitious person that it's hard for me to appreciate the wins yeah. you know because I'm like but I'm not here I'm not doing this I'm not doing this I need to do this I need to do this and, like that's where my manager Cole like he's amazing like he fucking grounds me he makes me like appreciate the good times and like like him saying he's proud of me is like such such a huge deal because it's, it means a lot when he says those things and he'll be like, Maddie, like, look what you just happened to you. Like, stop stressing. Like, look what, like your dreams are literally coming true. And he, like I told you, he's like, you're a little kid from Missouri. Stop. Like, you're not supposed to be, be grateful. Here. Yeah. <laughs> be, and I am, I'm so grateful that I want more. Like I want like to reach my potential. Yeah. And that's why it's hard for me to appreciate because I'm like always like pushing myself to work harder. But then I'm like, it's good. It, you have to be able to take a step back and realize because otherwise one day, 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, I didn't enjoy anything. Yeah. I just like busted my ass for 10 years. Now I'm at the top, but I didn't enjoy the ride. I want to enjoy this ride. It's know? like the fortune cookie thing, like enjoy the journey. And I think yeah. that's, that happens for a lot of ambitious people. You get caught up and you're like, I got it. I'm running to this appointment and that, but like, and I was thinking that the other day, like I was driving to uh, an influencer event and I had just recorded a podcast and then earlier that day I had like some sort of like fitting and then I had like, I had like five different events mm -hmm. in the day, but they were all so wildly out of the norm of what my career used to be. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow, like I wish I had the flexibility to work for myself. I wish I could do this or that. Yeah. And then here I am like disgruntled in LA traffic, like getting to the next thing, but I'm like, whoa, like I need to slow down yeah. and like, this is huge. You're never going to be happy unless you force yourself to slow down. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Absolutely. I com I couldn't agree more. And I don't even think you need to like slow down, but it's like whipping yourself out of that mindset that like yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because look where you are right now. You mm -hmm. know, I just, I'm, 
it's so hard for me not to live in the future. Like I literally, I always say, I'm like, I live in the future. I don't live in the present. I literally live five months from now because I'm such like a planner person. Like mm-hmm. you just said, like I'm always writing my lists out in my journals and manifesting and affirmations and this and that, but that, that it's hard for me to ground myself and like be where I am at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's so important because I don't want to look back and regret, you know, I regret like being yeah so not enjoying it there yeah you're crushing it it's amazing no I'm so proud of you love this like hype woman energy no this is this is fucking women empowerment shit it is and there needs to be more of it and this also kind of reminds me of something I want to talk to you about too about just like the industries we're both in and how competitive they are Mm -hmm. and how cutthroat they can be and from the outside world, I feel like people kind of like look at the influencer industry and they're like, oh yeah, that's like, you know, whatever. They have their misconceptions. But I'm curious, you know, like what surprised you moving into this industry and like what's something that you maybe weren't expecting or didn't expect? Like, you know, coming to LA or, you know, relationships with women. Like I remember you telling me like you would invite girls over to do these collabs and they would like steal your clothes and like not even like (laughs) take pictures with you. They would just like, the craziest shit happens like in LA, I I swear. I would, well, like story time real quick. Like there was one time where I invited this girl over to collab and she asked me to leave my room so that she could film in there. So it looked like her room. room. Yes, she yeah. would do that. She would like come like once or twice a week and literally like film content like in my bedroom like and ask me to move, like literally ask me to leave my room. Yeah. Sketch. Uh, no, I, I mean, I am so grateful. It's I've lived here for almost a year now and I I've gone I've I really have gone through the ringer here, you yeah. know, and, and a lot of stuff like I couldn't necessarily explain to the general public, but so so much weeding through the the bad people like the not bad people but people who don't make good choices or like Mm -hmm. choices that benefit anyone but themselves Mm -hmm. and but I'm so grateful because I have you now I have Nina my friend my close friend Nina here I've met like I've met multiple friends. Like, I have, like, at least three. Danny, who lives in that, who's, like, staying with me now. Like, I've made multiple friends now here who I could actually call solid friends. It's taken me a year. but To find solid friends, yeah. The biggest, like, difference for me between, like, somewhere like Nashville and, like, Los Angeles to very, like, high energy, everyone's trying to get somewhere type environments Mm -hmm. is – community versus competition yeah people don't want to help you out here that's what's hard for me because I want to help everyone I don't see helping other people or promoting other people or like doing things for other people as something that could hurt me I see it as mutually beneficial and if I can do anything like that will help your career it's a universal thing like you you put out the energy that you want to attract sorry that you want to attract Mm-hmm. And that that was a very hard lesson for me to learn that like not everybody out here is like that. Gonna have at your best interest, all, yeah, at all, or or even like think consider you in in any type of scenario. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing because like I come from like Midwest and then the South and and both those places like there every time I would be in like a community like networking environment like people were always like very helpful like wanted to help you wanted to do things for you just as much as you wanted to do for them. And here it's like, 
It's not that way. That's what I think is the most difficult thing. So when you do meet people out here that, you know, you can feel the good energy from them and that you, you know, you feel like share values, share values, you fucking cling on to those people. Yeah. And to, to have friends is to be a friend and it yes, takes work. And it is. Yeah, it's definitely something I've experienced too in LA, like people that have just different priorities or people who who care about different things, who care about material things, who care about partying, who care about being seen with certain people. And it's like, when you really think about like what's important in life, like who's really going to have your back on a bad day? Like if your car breaks yeah. down, like I could fucking call you oh, and yeah. I, you would pick me up in the same way, yeah. you know? And even when I didn't have a car, I'd be like Ubering my ass over there, of course. <laughs> right there. <laughs> now you got a car, make it move. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I want to talk though, so much of your brand is about putting yourself out there and, you know, sharing all the personal like little bits and pieces of your life and who you are. And I wonder if, personally speaking, like I feel pretty exhausted sometimes, like constantly putting yourself out there and putting yourself out there to get picked apart, which I feel Mm -hmm. like can be pretty difficult. I wonder like if you struggle with that and so many women on social media, whether you have 2 million followers or you have 500 followers, you know, people feel like they're constantly comparing themselves and feeling kind of like put down sometimes. Yeah, of course. Like, oh my gosh, I was just talking about this this morning with my friend Bryce, like, how I feel like I've, I'm a very secure person and I am, I am able to look at another woman and recognize her beauty without comparing it to my own. And I feel like that's a, that's a huge strength of mine because everyone is just so like, oh, you have like bigger boobs than me. Or like, look, I wish I had your hips or I wish I had this. I I pride myself on being able to look at you and be like, you are so gorgeous. Like your blonde hair, you're tall. Like you are just stunning, you know? And, And see the things that you have and I don't and not have to compare myself. But I think that is, that takes so much like to get to that place. Like I think God spent my entire life training me for this position because I was like bullied hard in school. I went to Mm -hmm. three different high schools, um, not solely because of bullying, but it was a huge factor. Mm -hmm. Um, I was alone for a lot of my life. I really just started making friends for the first time, like in my adult life. I I just, I was so like independent on my own and I was let down by so many people in my life. Like I just learned to just be alone and, and the criticism, like I, every time, like I was hurt by somebody, I feel like God like put that in my life to make my skin a little bit thicker. And now, now I see the hate comments and like some of them will twinge like, like hurt a little bit, but I'm able to recognize that people who hate on you on the internet, that is a projection of themselves. That has nothing to do with you. That is someone who's hurting inside and looking to go take it out on other people. And I get comments all the time, like lose weight, go get a nose job. Your hair looks terrible. This and that, put on some makeup, take off some makeup, like anything and everything. You can never win. Uh, Even, even when I, when I do content, like I'm really passionate about um, the, like homeless, the homeless population yeah. in LA. And I got so much hate. I never filmed like handing stuff out to the homeless. I only filmed like the process and I wanted to show people like how I was like, um, uh, how I was helping the community during the pandemic when I couldn't go somewhere and volunteer at a shelter or anything. And people 
hated so hard on me for that. And I just, it really hurt me because I was like, all I'm trying to do is do something good with my platform. And I, I wanted to celebrate like hitting a million followers. And I, by celebrating, I wanted to like go like give back to the community. And like yeah. people hated hard on me for that. Like saying I just wanted attention and all this stuff. I'm like, you know what? I know me. I know my heart. I know why I'm doing this. And that's all I need to know. And you know what? Even if there's like one person who was like, saw that video was like, I'm going to go do that too. And like my community, then, then it's worth it. Fuck the haters. Like who cares? You know? Yeah. I mean, people don't really know your true heart and your intentions and they just see, you know, sometimes one side of you, you know, Mm -hmm. I know you are very multidimensional on your platforms, but people will choose to see or think what they want. And again, that's a projection of themselves, which is unfortunate. It's really easy to judge people online. It's really easy to see one video and be like, she's a terrible person or like see one comment or whatever, but mm-hmm. you'll, that's, that's why I try to keep an open mind, especially like being in the influencer space and meeting all of these people who you see all the time online and see like all the drama behind them. And I try really hard to just like meet that person and forget everything that I think that I know about them and just like get to know them. And you'd be surprised how many times like I, the, you know, social media was like completely wrong about them. You know, social media is wrong. Oh my yeah. god, you never get the full picture yeah. at all. You know, but, no. But for people who do want to pursue a career in this battlefield, sometimes of what <laughs> it feels like of social media, you know, there is a lot of good. As much yeah. as we're dishing on it and roasting on it right now, because with any career that you choose, it comes with ups and downs. And I think mm-hmm. it's especially hard as a woman to constantly be, you know, in this space, but it is so rewarding too. And I see the impact you're making on people, the friends you're making and like the personal growth you've experienced. And it is a really fulfilling career. And I think, again, the stigma of like an influencer is like selling fit tea, but really like influencing people in mindset and being positive and manifesting and vision boards and you sharing all of those things and creating value-based content is so important. And so I'm curious, you know, what are any like strategies for growth? People who have something to say that's important, they're, you know, providing value to this space and they want to, you know, grow their Instagram or even just create a community. Like what tips or strategies would you have for them? I think the hardest part about social media is starting because Mm -hmm. it's so intimidating just because you know how much rejection you're about to receive. I I told you earlier, like I probably made 200 TikToks before one got any attention, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, I would like when people ask me about like how to start their TikTok and what to do and, um, because I actually used to do TikTok consultation for musicians in Nashville. And I, my first thing I always say is like, just push past the fear of rejection mm-hmm. and just make a video and then make another video and then make five more learn from your mistakes and then if one does just a, if one gets a hundred more views than your last one analyze it like why did it get a hundred views try to replicate it in a better way that's that's literally the only the only way that I grew is like one video popped off. I kept doing videos like that video and then another video like that popped off and like continually. But I tried about a million things Mm -hmm. before I got anywhere. Consistency and resiliency and getting, keep, keep going. You know, I think so many of us expect that instant gratification. Like why do I not have a hundred K yet? Or like, like, I'm in that too. Like, I feel like, why am I not at this point? Whether you're starting in the beginning, you just have to keep going and 
not play that comparison game. Right. And Instagram is so hard. I mean, I always tell people like go on reels, but even me, like I, I struggle with it. Like I struggle with growth on Instagram, just like 99% of like newer influencers do. Cause this has only been my job for since January was when I actually started making money from it for real. Yeah. But, and then the other thing I would say for like someone who's trying to do social media is invest into yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that literally the only reason I am here is because I put every blood, sweat, tear, and dollar into making this work. Yeah. I, I had literally, I had nothing when I moved here. I sold my car. I sold every single thing I had in my apartment besides my clothes and my freaking toothbrush. And I, <laughs> I literally like picked up my crap, moved here with barely anything to live on. And I lived here for six months before I made a single dollar on social media. And I just busted my ass because I invested myself. And that was scary. That was so scary. Cause I was like, what if it doesn't work? Where, where do I go? What do mm-hmm. I do? I can't go back to Missouri and go live in my parents' basement. Like I'd rather die. I'd rather <laughs> die right here. But bury me in Los bury Angeles. Bury <laughs> me here. But no, but like, that's the other thing I would say, like, take risks. And I'm 22 years old. Like, it, if any, if there's any time in my life to go do something stupid for my dreams, it's now. And yeah. I did something crazy and stupid. And I moved across the country, barely knowing my manager after meeting him one time, one time, mm-hmm. into this, we were living in an Airbnb for a few months before we even got into the house. So I didn't even know, I didn't even know the, if uh, the mansion was actually going to happen. I was like, I'm just in this Airbnb after like literally giving my apartment away and all my shit, like hope this works out. Like some, that's some stupid shit that I pulled, but like it, it I worked. invested into myself and I believed in myself. And obviously like I took some precautions. I'm making it a little more dramatic than it was. No, but she's safe, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very safe. My manager's like literally the best person ever. He's but awesome. Cole, what's amazing. up? He's Cole, obviously you, listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves us both. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He does. I love think you. that's, oh, he's so sweet. I mean, he also is like a great trainer. He has literally yeah. like kicked my butt. I've lost 35 pounds, by the way. Like, Can we talk about that? Because, okay, <laughs> for a second, you and I both. I mean, I wasn't happy with my body image and that was a lot of other stuff too, confidence and mindset, but also just not having the right routines and Mm -hmm. self-discipline in place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's such a great feeling to know what your body is capable of. And, you know, we're like in our prime. And I was thinking to myself, like, why am I not exerting my body to my fullest potential? Why am I being lazy? Like my body is never going to be have the most capacity for strength and potential than it does now. Mm-hmm. Then I, I'm 20 in my twenties. Why am I acting like a 60 year old right. just sitting on the couch, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, I mean, let's go back to like how you used to be and like what those habits oh used to be and where you are now. Because- I love this conversation because no one's asked me about this because fitness is such a new concept for me seriously mm-hmm. and if you would have asked me a year ago like do you like working out I'd be like ew I hate running because I literally I was like I don't know what else do you do in the gym like besides just go run, on the yeah. treadmill and like do this thing with a weight I don't know like I didn't I didn't freaking know I like didn't have an issue with the way that I looked I did have an issue like I had crazy digestive problems I was like all always in back pain like my boobs were out to here. I'm like Mm. constantly in pain. Like I'm 21 years old, but I moved to LA and my manager, like I honestly moved here 
solely off of the potential that he saw in me and Mm -hmm. nothing else. I didn't have the numbers. I didn't have the following. I didn't have money. I had nothing except massive work ethic and potential. That's it. And he pushed me so hard to the point of like crying, breaking down, like everything. Like I, I went vegan and everything and I've literally never felt better in my entire life. Um, like I said, a year ago, I stepped into a gym like maybe like three times and I walked on the treadmill for five minutes each time. Like I didn't know. And I'm still like such a beginner. That's the hardest part I feel about like doing that. It's so intimidating, not knowing what you're doing at all. Yeah. But it has boosted my confidence, my self-esteem, my health so much. It's become part of my brand. I love it. It makes me get out of bed in the morning. I have more energy than I've ever had in my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. I don't need a nap in the middle of the day. Like Mm -hmm. I've just never felt better. I wish that for everyone I hope that because I was the person who was like I will never like working out never I would rather get lipo than go to the gym you know mm-hmm. and now I'm the person that gets up at 6 30 every morning because my body alarm goes off and I drive 30 minutes to the gym work out for two hours and come home and I love it two hours yeah oh, wow oh, <laughs> no wonder you look so good oh I love you so. oh my god no, I, I mean we we usually are there for like an hour. You guys are like fucking around making content for half an hour of that. So it's really an hour <laughs> and, and like half. in the plan and fitness gym, like making TikToks. No, but that's amazing. I think also there's not enough education about proper nutrition and diet. And especially when you're in the like culture, binge drinking culture of college. Yeah. And for me, I went to school in Missouri where you're from yes. and there's nothing to do other yeah. than sports and drinking water and a splash of lime you're good yeah okay you can still party you can still you can still go have a hot girl summer yeah have have a hot girl summer but my go-to drink in college was vodka cranberry which cranberry juice has so much sugar in it and the next day I would wake up feeling horrible and bloated and and sleep all day sleep all day the amount of sugar content you're taking in so for me my personal health tips are like look at the sugar content and everything that you're eating and then also Going vegan mm-hmm. really helps. I've cut out, mm-hmm. um, you know, red meat, pork, and beef, and I try to eliminate dairy. And mm-hmm. you're, are you full vegan? I do the 80-20 rule. Okay. And um, so I do 80% vegan meals and then 20%, like, I – I'm doing a high protein diet right now. So I'll, I'm starting to integrate salmon into a few of my meals, just like to add some more protein with like less carb and less like food, Mm -hmm. but literally going plant-based changed my, like it completely fixed my gut health. I had the worst gut health for my entire life. Like Mm -hmm always was struggled with like my stomach issues. Like, Mm -hmm. so I I get DMs all the time from girls asking like what I eat or like they have stomach problems. Even this morning I posted about like my digestive issues because I ate like crap like in Nashville this weekend, Mm -hmm. like not vegan. And I feel like crap because of it. Mm -hmm. And people are always asking me like, how did you do that? Like, how do you fix that? I'm like, literally like, just try it. Just try plant-based, like just replace one meal. I'm telling you, like it fixed It'll make you feel better. Yeah. But uh, I would say for like my my like fitness goals is literally like if you just start going to the gym 
once a day for Monday through Friday, and mm-hmm. you walk on the treadmill at a 12 incline for 30 minutes, uh, like 2.5 to 3 speed, mm-hmm. your life is going to change because of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. Baby it's steps. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. Like, go to Planet Fitness. I still go to Planet Fitness. I love Planet Fitness. That's like instructions on the machine. I love it. <laughs> not sponsored, but maybe not sponsored, Planet Fitness, but, if you're yeah. listening, hit up Maddie. Yeah, really. I do have stock in Planet Fitness. Stuff. Oh, do you? Oh my God. Badass with the finances and the stock <laughs> and all those things. Oh my God. What a babe. Oh my gosh. Boss you. babe. This episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a San Diego based organic superfood company and my go to spot to make wellness easy. I love that Organifi's products are vegan, non-GMO, and keto-friendly, and I just love how they make me feel healthy, refreshed, and empowered to know that I'm doing something every day for my overall health. I love Organifi's green juice blend for stress support. This one helps reset my body and boost energy, and I also love Organifi's immunity blend. My morning ritual is to mix one of these packets with water for a boost in vitamin C and overall immune support. Organifi's products taste great and are a simple way to supplement essential vitamins, nutrients, and proteins. I love these products. They are amazing. And you can choose from dozens of healthy, unique blends on their website, OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com. So switching gears here to something that is more serious and more heavy, but uh, is really important and something that affected you uh, and is now you know, so important to you that you're willing to talk about it and share about it is sexual assault. And uh, just want to share your experience and not in so many graphic details, but just how that experience kind of changed your life. Yeah. And I wouldn't even call it experience. I would call it experiences. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I was telling Sarah this a few minutes ago that <clears throat> I, I feel comfortable at this point in my life to just openly speak about some of the like sexual assault I've been through in my life with women because I, I find that nine times out of 10, that woman can relate to me and say, I've been through a similar experience or this has happened to me or, you know, almost every female in my life has gone through a sexual experience that wasn't consensual. And that is so fucked up. And it's, it, it is going to become a part of my platform. I am heavily involved in, um, the, in the human trafficking. Like it's something I'm really passionate about is helping women who have been through human trafficking because, it's just, it's so rampant in our society. And if I have a daughter, like I want to raise her to be able to say no. And I honestly, truly feel like one of the biggest problems, but let's like take men out of the equation and all like their fucked up issues and talk about women and how we are raised to be so polite that so many women feel like they can't say no in those scenarios. And just because you don't say no does not mean that it's consensual. Right. And that is something that people do not, still don't understand. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, it's something you have to live with for the rest of your life. And you Mm -hmm. feel like you can't talk about it because you're like, well, I didn't say no, but you know, when someone wants to be there and when they don't. Yeah. And that that's just something that I still I'm still rewiring my brain to be like it's okay 
to not give that guy your number, even though he's right. pressuring the fuck out of you. It's okay to be in the room and be into it for a minute and then not be into it and want to leave. And it's okay to stop it mm-hmm. and say no. And that's something that we're literally taught the opposite as women. Be polite, say yes, be nice, put a smile on your face. Yeah. Say please, say thank you. You never want to look like a bitch, Mm-mm. you know? You know, don't be don't be too aggressive because that's not attractive. Yeah, no. Be, then I'm fucking not attractive. I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. You know, like the ability to say no is not a given for women. Mm. And and I'm at the point too in my life where I'm like, you know what, like every mini skirt that I put on, like every low cut top, every tight dress is a big fuck you to fundamentalism. Because mm-hmm. if you look at me and you're attracted to me and you can't control yourself, that's your problem, not mine. I'm going to wear whatever the hell I want. And if I don't want to talk to you, I'm going to tell you I don't want to talk to you. And it, that has been such a hard lesson for me. And I learned it the hard way so many times. And I know so many women have also been through these experiences. Yeah. And it's it kills me because I'm like, why? Because it's literally, we're wired to mm-hmm. behave this way. And the shame surrounding it and the, the actions shame. we make. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The shame is the worst part. It is the worst part because you feel like somehow it's your fault and yeah. it's not. It's, it's not. never your fault. And no matter what the movies look like or the TV shows and that make it look so like graphic and crazy and like screaming and fighting, like it's not always like that. Yeah. And I, I've had to explain that to men in my life, like that because they they don't even understand. They're you like, know, like they're, they're not, excuse me, what? Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good point though. It's not always like the, I mean, in some cases it can be, but extreme violence, it like date rape is such a thing, yeah. you know, like somebody that is a trusted quote unquote friend or somebody that's walking you home that you Mm -hmm. think is your friend. And it could be somebody that has a different agenda and takes advantage of you being drunk or you being, you know, in a different state. And you know what too, you can be alone with a guy in your room. You could even be naked with him. And if you, and, and you can have, you can still at that point have non-consensual sex. That is something too, that I feel like people just don't, don't understand. You know, that that you can go you can go to a certain point in a sexual experience and then wanna stop. And if they don't stop, that's that's still non consensual. Mm-hmm. To somebody who has been through an experience and unfortunately I have also been through something and we don't need to get too in the weeds unless we should talk about it. No. I don't think we, we don't need to talk about specifics. Um But I remember at the time uh, when I experienced assault, I was 18 and I didn't even talk about it to anyone. And I was constantly crying and I I didn't even seek out resources. You know, you always hear, oh, resources are available, but I just felt so much shame. And I felt like this like cloud of just like despair all around me. And I felt guilty and like blaming myself for something that was not my, my, you know, consent. And so looking back, there's so much that I would have done differently. And I'm wondering for somebody who is experiencing what you felt, you know, what words or advice or resources or what would you share with them? Don't give a fuck if they don't like you afterwards. Who gives a fuck? I wish, I wish that I could go back to my younger self and tell her to be a bitch. 
I was the night, I, I still struggle with like the concept of like constantly being polite and nice to people who I don't, shouldn't be nice to. Mm-hmm. Still to this day struggle with it. Be a fucking bitch. That's your body. Yeah. You will go the rest of your life in regret and pain and shame because you wanted to be polite and you didn't want them to hate you afterwards. Yeah, no, nothing is Fuck that. It's your body. You have the choice. And yeah, yeah, be a bitch. Be Be a a bitch. bitch. Stand up for yourself. Say no. And if saying no makes you a bitch, then be a fucking bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, look out for your friends, look out for yourself. And if you do get into a situation, even as hard as you try and it's beyond your control to seek therapy and to talk about it and to not carry that weight all on your own shoulders Mm -hmm. because it can be crippling and it can have long lasting effects. And as hard as it is, and it's different for everyone, but I would go back and do therapy sooner and Mm -hmm. actually utilize like the resources you feel ashamed, like you know, walking into like a campus center or something. And it doesn't have to be that. It could be like online therapy Mm -hmm. or it could just be, you know, figuring out what's available to you and and researching that. And could also be just talking to a mentor. A mentor. It doesn't even have to be as professional as therapy. Like, and and just talking about it in general. For me, that was the biggest lifesaver was just to be honest about what, about everything to people. You know, because and, and, I lied about it for I lied about one s- specific situation like for so long and because I just could not face the fact that I didn't want it. Like I kept I would try so hard to make it something that I wanted when it when it wasn't the whole time. Like mm. I never wanted that. Yeah. And that and just being able to be honest with myself and with the my my pe- the people that I have in my life around me about it. That that was like a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders. Yeah, reconciling it with yourself mm-hmm. and just giving your space to yourself space to forgive yourself and to learn from it and now speak about it and hopefully empower and encourage others to do the same, which mm-hmm. I think again is full circle in so many different yeah. things in your life. Yeah. And just like my heart goes out to any young woman who mm-hmm. has experienced assault or rape or non-consensual sex it's 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 tough it's devastating but you are not alone you're unfortunately you're not alone you could could throw a fucking rock out this window and hit someone who's been through some hit a woman who's been through something like this like yes that is what I've learned from being Mm -hmm. really open and honest about my experiences is that it's just so crazy how many women have been through this like and when will it stop? When are we going to, like, when are we going to, like, let's, let's move the needle forward. That's what I'm let's saying. talk like, about that's it. Why, let's make a change. That's why I wanted to bring it up today because I just, I know when I'm going to share what my experience and, and talk about it a little bit more and like come up with a, with, you know, a more organized way of saying like how I feel about it. But I think like step one is fucking talking about it. Yeah. It's not, it, it's so, so real and so common. That's mm-hmm. what's so sad. Like, it's so common. Mm-hmm. That's but you have no idea. Up. You have no idea that yeah. the person sitting next to you in class could have gone through the same thing as you have, or even your own best friend or a yeah. sister or a mom or an aunt, you know, has gone through something like that. And 
the amount of support and, you know, comfort and resources you can have. And to just give yourself that grace, that forgiveness, that, you know, life is about making mistakes and having shitty experiences happen to you. And it's 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond to it. Not Our whole life is made up of a stream of, of choices. And like one choice that I had to make after like some something bad happened to me was how am I going to let this affect my life? Like, how am I going to let this affect my future relationships and that type of men I allow into my space from now on? Like, what am I going to do differently? Am I going to let this kill me or am I going to like use it? And I hope, I hope, I hope that, you know, that I know that those things happen for a reason. And I hope that those, that I can turn those experiences into something positive by helping other women be a bitch. Be a bitch. bitch. You heard it here first, Maddie (laughs) Webb. All right. Well, I'm so happy we talked about that. That was really important. And you shared so much wisdom in this episode. I mean, this is beautiful and I cannot wait to share this with everyone because you're a fucking badass and I love you and you're my best friend. But also, okay, I wrap up every podcast with one question, which is if you could go back and you're not looking at me, Sarah Trot. You are looking at a younger version of yourself. What is one piece of advice you would say to her if you could talk to your younger self? 20-year-old Maddie, which is only a few years ago for you. But, <laughs> you know, something that you would say starting out in this wild decade of your 20s that a lot of people don't expect to be so fucking difficult. Yeah. What would you say? I would say that your inner voice knows so much better than the people in your life and to be careful who you ask and take advice from Mm -hmm. because the people that you ask and take advice you're asking you look at their lives and if that's something that you want to replicate then go ahead and if not why would you accept advice from somebody like that and so many 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 people in my life who didn't like believe in me or my journey or what I thought my life would turn into and wanted me to take the safer route. Thank you, God, that I didn't listen to them in the long run, but I wish I would have listened to my inner voice sooner. Hmm. I also wish I got a little bit more into like spirituality back then too and like understood like what manifesting and all that stuff is because now it's so freaking rampant in my life and powerful and like I was using it for so long without knowing it like imagine I was just gonna say you were doing manifesting before it got cool so you were literally (laughs) like doing this you are so amazing this conversation just like warms my heart I love talking with you you. I love talking with you I love you this is amazing what if people want to find you online on tiktok on your website how can people get a hold of you everything is maddie b webb m-a-d-i-b-w-e-b my website my tiktok instagram youtube all the things but, yeah. yeah send her a dm you might just like wind up at her uh, content creation mansion <laughs> in la yeah exactly <laughs> you won't get kidnapped i promise yeah you won't probably <laughs> well, we can't, no guarantees <laughs> I, love you. I love you 